We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. And McCutcheon rips one. Center field. Fun, entertaining, knowledgeable. All right. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. Live and local. It's time for the Fan Morning Show with Bart Winkler. Good morning, Milwaukee. As you can tell by the sound of my voice, I am not Bart Winkler. He'll be back tomorrow. I'm Toby Altizer filling in for him today alongside the one and only great Tim Shea. Timmy, how you doing this morning? Good morning, Toby. Good (laughs) Monday morning to you. Tim, I got to be honest with you, man. I was worried I might pull a little bit of a you today. Because I haven't worked in the morning in a couple weeks. Oh, really? You're going to go back to that? <laughs> I couldn't sleep last night, dude. Uh-oh. Really? I think I fell asleep at like 12.45. I was about to say an hour ago? No, not an hour ago. Oh, okay. That, of course. That so might have been a go. problem. As I was, was that your alarm? Yes. <laughs> well, no. <laughs> uh... Yeah, but it, it. I was a little worried. I was like, oh, boy. At least you're not with like Bart there, where he'd just stop the show, yell at me, scold me, then laugh. <laughs> I would never yell at uh-huh. you, Tim. Never yell at you. I okay. might make fun of you here and there. I'm uh-huh. not going to yell at anyone. That's not how I am. But a good weekend for the Brewers. Fun weekend for the Brewers. It was good to see them come out of the all-star break, swing in the bats. If the Brewers need a motiv- motivational speaker anymore, I think they should call on you. Yeah, I mean, it seemed like some of the guys that I was calling out, like, Uh hey, you got to pick it up. They were playing well. Uh Uh-huh. Like, you had Colton Wong, looked like he was finally rolling again. You had Brent Suter, who I talked about. He got going. And, boy, we got to talk about him on Friday night. That was incredible. And it's just been a fun series so far. It's weird, though, because it's a wraparound, so they still have a game today. Doesn't it seem odd? Like, we're talking about this series almost like it's over, which luckily the Brewers win the first three, so they won the series no matter what happens today. Hopefully they can win again tonight, get a four-game sweep to start. But it's odd having a wraparound series because we're going to talk about this series almost like it's over, and then you're going to turn on the TV tonight, 
And at 7 o'clock, they're going to take on the same team they've been taking on. It's a little odd. But the Brewers get three wins over the Rockies over the weekend. So that's pretty exciting. And if you guys want to talk about it, you can give us a call, 414-799-1250. Or you can tweet us at 1250 AM, the fan. Again, I'm Toby Altizer. That is Tim Shea. We're going to recap the Brewers for the, over the weekend. And then we'll also get into the Packers as well as they're going to begin training camp this week. So we'll dive into that as well. Again, you want to talk to us, 414-799-1250, or you can tweet us at 1250 AM, The Fan. So Friday was a fun one. It was weird. This series has been really fun, hasn't it? Like, even yesterday's game is back and forth, and it's tightly contested, and it could go either way. Saturday was fun because the Brewers got the bats going. Friday was obviously extra fun because you go into extras and you've got all this excitement that comes with that. So this has been a fun series. But starting Friday night, you have Corbin Burns on the mound. And I thought Colorado did a fantastic job of making it incredibly tough on Corbin Burns. You know, Corbin Burns, we've kind of gotten accustomed to seven innings, ten strikeouts, Maybe a run, maybe two, but that's kind of what you expect. Seven innings, ten strikeouts. And instead, what you get out of Burns on Friday night, five innings, two runs, only five strikeouts on 108 pitches. And they did a really good job of making Corbin Burns work. And, you know, this is what makes Burns special is even when he doesn't necessarily have his A game or He's not completely locked in and doesn't have his A stuff. He can still go out there and turn in a solid performance. Five innings, two runs. That's going to leave your team a chance to win that baseball game. And so Corbin Burns goes out there and does his thing once again. And I just don't think we can fully appreciate how good Corbin Burns is. you got to give him all the credit. Every time that dude is on the mound... You got to watch that game. He's so fun to watch. There are very few pitchers that I like watching more than Corbin Burns. I don't know that there are any. I think he's my favorite pitcher out anywhere. I mean, you, you get to watch this guy go to work, throwing his cutter inside, outside, and seeing how he's developed as a pitcher. And just knowing that this is coming off a little bit of an extended break for him, so he's probably going to be sharper in his next outing. And yet he still goes out there didn't have it all going, and he still goes out there and gives you a solid performance. I'm excited to see how he can continue to improve. That changeup is a relatively new pitch for him in terms of using it and being effective with it. And so you get to see him improve on that and use all of his stuff. So another good performance, I wouldn't say great, a good performance out of Corbin Burns. But, you know, five innings coming out of the All-Star break, you thought, okay, that's fine. Well, little did you know that you needed eight innings more because you were going to go to 13. I mean, these were the kind of games that this ghost runner on second is supposed to eliminate. These are the kind of games that they want to get rid of because it taxes your bullpen. And you saw that happen. You were a little bit scared going into Saturday. And when Woody started to struggle a little bit and his pitch count started to get up there, you could see Craig in the first inning. He's like, oh, gosh, here we go. 
He was like a little perturbed in the first inning because he's like, oh boy, I'm going to have to work this bullpen. I'm going to have to figure out how to get these guys going. They were not set up to have all their pitchers going again on Saturday. And when Woody started to struggle a little bit in that first inning, you could see Craig was like, oh boy. But luckily, after that first inning, he was kind of dialed in, got everything going, and was able to give him six. But Friday night, an exciting one, 13 innings. You got three homers for the Brewers. Andrew McCutcheon, Hunter Renfro, Willie Adamas all hit home runs. And we'll get into him in just a little bit. But the common theme of this series is Hunter Renfro home runs. Wow. Dude is just swinging the bat extremely well. And this is exactly what you expected out of Hunter Renfro when you traded for him. This was the guy that you were supposed to see when he came over from the Red Sox. And let me tell you again, I'd have to look up the exact details of that trade again. Tim, who else was in that trade? It was Jackie Bradley Jr. for Hunter Renfro. Was there someone else in that trade? Am I missing something? Because how in the world did Boston say, yeah, 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 we'll take JBJ back. We'll give you Hunter Renfro. And it's not even a single year. Like I think the Brewers have him for one more year after this. How in the world could you let that guy just walk? So this article just says two other minor leaguers. Well, and I don't think they're top prospects either. I don't think either. they were either. Like, is your farm system so depleted that you needed those guys? I don't understand how David Stearns fleeced them into that because he really did. Even if Hunter Renfro only gives you like this little bit of production and he's done at like this point in the season and he didn't play another game, what would he be five times better than Jackie Bradley Jr. last year? I mean, come on. JBJ gave you next to nothing and you traded him for Hunter Renfro and JBJ never had a series, much less even a game like Hunter Renfro had over the weekend. Three homers for Renfro, seven RBIs. 6 of 12, had a hit-by-pitch in there, so he was on base over half the times he came to the plate. I mean, come on. David Hamilton and Alex Benellis? Okay, I had Benellis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a third baseman. Yep. Yeah, so I think he was like a second or a third-round pick or something like that, maybe a fourth-round pick for the Brewers last year. So I guess they gave up a little bit of something, but not – I mean, Hunter Renfro, man. When he's going – He's the best bat in this Brewers lineup, unless Christian Yelich finds his stuff again. And we can keep talking about Willie, and I'm still not going to be fully on board with his production until he gets that batting average up a little bit. But Hunter Renfro over the weekend, incredibly solid. Back to Friday night's game, though. This is the guy I want to talk about. We talked about Burns. We talked about the guys that hit some home runs. That's awesome. Brent Suter. Brent Suter on Friday night had one of the craziest stat lines I've seen in a while out of a pitcher. Two innings, no hits, no walks, two strikeouts, 12 pitches. 12 pitches. How in the world do you get through two innings, strike out two dudes, and only pitch 12 pitches? That's it? That's all it took? That is incredible efficiency, and that's what you want to see more out of with Brent Suter. You need to see this guy working quick. You need to see him working efficiently. 
and you're going to have a whole lot more confidence with him coming out of the pen. And you know what? We saw it all throughout the weekend because he came out again yesterday and pitched an inning and struck out one, gave up a hit, but another scoreless for Brent Suter. That's what you need to see out of him. Consistency, coming out, pounding the strike zone, doing his thing, working quick. Brent Suter's been someone that's been a big part of this Brewers bullpen for the last couple of seasons. He's been a big part of this Brewers team. He's a fan favorite for a reason with his personality and all that he does. But he's been a fan favorite because he also gives you solid production on the field as well. And what he gave you on Friday night was spectacular, especially in a game that you didn't know when it was going to end. You just had no idea. 13 innings. It keeps going and going and going and going. And finally, the Brewers win the thing. Finally. It took forever. Did you stay up for that one? The full thing? Friday? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was here for the postgame show. Oh, you had the fun of st- That's right. That you had the fun of staying up. hit, if I'm correct, uh, that game-winning hit happened right at midnight. Whew. Yep. I don't know how you did it, man. Oh, yeah. Easy. We were on, we were on the air till 2. It's amazing the callers for the postgame show. That call I, I, I'll tell you what. I do like late-night postgame mm-hmm. shows. Late, late night. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not talking just like, you know, 10 o'clock, 11. Like, give me the 2 and 3 in the morning, a West Coast swing, man. Those are the fun ones. Yeah, and here is that walk-off hit from Friday night. You had Luis Urias getting the walk-off to win it in the 13th. 2-2. Two, two. Little flare, center field, down. Here comes Davis. Here comes the throw. And it's over. A walk-off for Urias. The Brewers win in 13 innings. After that exciting one, you hope for a little bit of a laugher, and luckily the Brewers did get a little bit of one, up 9-1, to one, basically going into the ninth, and Connor Sadzak struggled a little bit, so score looks a little bit more respectable for the Rockies, but 9-4 to four in that one, and I don't know that there's a whole lot to talk about in this game other than, you know, Brandon Woodruff, he looks solid again after he got out of that first inning, he goes for six and only gives up four hits, eight strikeouts, and one earned run and 100 pitches for his first time out of the All-Star break. Another Renfro home run. You had Jake McGee. He made his debut. And I do want to talk a little bit about this here in just a little bit because McGee comes over from the Giants, and he'd been a solid reliever for the Giants for a couple of seasons. And he comes over, and he said that in his first bullpen Chris Hook and people worked with him and made an adjustment and you saw him look solid in his first time out of the pen and you've seen at times with other relievers whoever it is they change teams and they've been struggling maybe they have a high ERA and they go over to a different team and I don't know if it's just a change of scenery I don't know if it's the new pitching coach whatever it is they give them a little bit of a tweak and next thing you know they're back to being their old self. And hopefully that can be the case with Jake McGee here because if he can be in this Brewers bullpen, give you another solid high leverage. He's been a closer before, so he can be a high leverage guy, a lefty, someone you can trust out of the pen. Uh, Look, I love Brent Suter. I do, and we just talked about him a little bit. 
I have a hard time trusting him in super high leverage things because he just doesn't throw hard. He just doesn't. And he's going to pitch more towards contact, whereas Jake McGee, he's got more of strikeout stuff, and he can be someone that could hop in there if you have to give Box or even Williams or Hayter a rest. I think if you can get him up to speed, maybe you can trust him in some roles like that. But good to see Jake McGee. Colton Wong had three hits. And outside of giving up some runs at the end of that game, Brewers kind of cruised to a victory there, 9-4. to four. And then yesterday's game was exciting as well. Back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Another great game from Hunter Renfro. Eric Lauer struggled again, though. Are you a little worried about him? Because he was off to such a great start this season. He was incredible to start the year. And I don't know that that was ever going to be sustainable. But this dude gives up a home run every outing. Every single time Eric Lauer takes the mound, he gives up a home run, it seems like. Yeah, I thought he kind of turned the corner a little bit. At the last couple starts, he was all right. But yesterday, it just kind of went back to where he was. Yeah, I mean, he's struggling. So I, I looked it up because I was like, this dude gives up homers all the time. He's given up the third most homers in baseball this season, tied with Jose Barrios, or Barrios, however you say his name, from Toronto. And he's given up 20 in 18 starts. So he is giving up a homer, a little bit more than a homer per start. Only guys that have given up more, Josiah Gray for the Nationals and Hunter Green for the Reds, and you saw reasons why Hunter Green gives up home runs as the Brewers got going against him a couple of times when they've seen him. But four and a third for Lauer, four earned runs, three walks, only three strikeouts, gave up a homer in 92 pitches. I want to have faith in Eric Lauer. Because we've seen him be a good pitcher in the past. And honestly, if you looked at his ERA right now, it's below four. So he's been solid overall throughout the season. But it seems like the reason that his ERA is there is an elite start. You know, Tim Allen was calling him an all-star through the first month and a half of the season. And he was right. I think he would have been an all-star if he kept up on that pace. Eric Lauer was on an all-star pace and then he's hit a cold spell And I think outside of maybe those last two to three starts leading up to what you saw yesterday, you thought, all right, maybe he's got something going. Now he's back to struggling again. And honestly, I think you would have hoped that you got more out of him after a 13-inning affair on Friday. You go six with Brandon Woodruff on Saturday. You would have liked to have seen Eric Lauer go out there and give you some length, and he just didn't. He just didn't. Four and a third. You're going to need him to step up. And really, in all honesty, though, like you want him to be a guy, but he should probably be your fourth or fifth starter. That's just kind of where he's going to slot in at. And Freddie Peralta makes his rehab start yesterday. So hopefully Freddie's back by the middle of May or August. And if he's back by then, you've got a month and a half of Freddie leading up to the playoffs. And I think you're going to feel a lot more confident because Freddie... Look, as much as Eric Lauer has improved and grown into what he's become, Freddie is way more talented, and Freddie is just a better pitcher when all things are going well. So I'm excited to get Freddie Peralta back in this rotation. But for the time being, you need guys like Eric Lauer to step up, and he just he didn't have it yesterday. He just didn't. 
He struggled a little bit, but luckily for the Brewers, they were still able to get it done. Josh Hader worked for his second inning since the All-Star break, and you thought that it might go smoothly. He struck out the first two and then gives up a triple, gives up a little bloop single. He finally gets out of it on a check swing by Chris Bryant. That's, that was a weird play. It was really odd. But Josh Hader gets over there, makes the play, gets out of it with the save, gave up a run. I don't know what to think of Josh Hader at this point. We had someone call in saying, when do we go to Devin Williams to close out games? I mean, I don't think it's anytime not, soon. Not yet. Not but yet. But you do have to consider it because, you know, at, at some point you're trying to win these baseball games. And that's exactly what Tim said. He said, I might start looking at, you know, if he – keeps giving up a run here, a run there. I mean, technically, he he, he did better yesterday than what he has been doing, yeah. which is crazy to say because he still well, he got gave the up save. a run. He, he got, got the, the save. save. He didn't blow the save. He didn't blow the game. But uh, the fact that I heard now Tim say, well, you might want to start looking into that is might be kind of telling. Yeah, it's just it's odd to see all of this happening to Josh Hader, the dude that was – off to one of the most historic starts in baseball history, you thought for sure, okay, he'll come back down to earth. You know, you talk to anybody with any sort of baseball knowledge or you talk to anybody involved in the game, they thought, okay, yeah, this is awesome, but it's not sustainable. But you didn't think it'd be like this. Tim he, goes back to that July 3rd, July 4th week. That's He thinks he pitched... 33 pitches on the Sunday game against Pittsburgh and then came back the next day with another 20. So 50 pitches in two days. That's unlikely. That's You can't do that to him. He said that's a little un, unfair to him, and that's where it all kind of started to go downhill from there. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to go back and look. I have a hard time blaming like a single thing, but Sparky was going through last week. And best wishes to Sparky and Kay as they have the kid. I believe it's today at some point. So mm-hmm. best wishes to them and hope everything goes well there. But he was talking about Sports Info Solutions put out an article on Josh Hader. And they were trying to break down why he was struggling. And his release point had changed a little bit. And he had different release points for the slider and fastball. And usually Hader's releasing that thing and it's a little bit lower. It's a little bit of a different arm slot than you pretty much see from other lefties. A little more of a three-quarters sidewinder type deal as opposed to straight over the top. And so I wonder if some of that is due to fatigue. And I wouldn't say laziness, but just you kind of get a little bit poor with your mechanics because you're getting used a little bit more and, you know, instead of, maybe doing as hard of work in the bullpens and stuff when you're trying to get yourself ready in between appearances. I wonder if some of that has come into play and maybe, like Tim said, going a day, a two-day stretch where you're throwing over 50 pitches as a closer kind of does that to you. I don't know. I was hoping that you give him the all-star break, give him some time off, and he'll be fine, but who knows? I, I'm a little bit worried about Josh Hader at this point, but I mean... Hey, he got it done. It wasn't pretty, but he got it done at least yesterday. So the Brewers get three wins over the Rockies over the weekend. That's so good to see. It really was. I wonder if that gives you a little bit more confidence in this team 
going forward because this is a team that they should have won three out of four against. They'll have a chance this evening to go four for four against them. At worst, they're going to win this series 3-1, and that's what you needed to see. That's what you wanted to see more of out of this baseball team. You know, I think in general, hopes were fine with the Brewers, and then you had that two-series stretch against the Cubs and the Pirates, and you go two and four against them, and you're not even beating the teams that you should beat. And then after that, it was just uninspiring baseball. And to have a series coming out of the All-Star break where you kind of had a fresh slate on the second half to see how are you going to create the narrative around your team. And they come out, win three straight, hopefully win four straight tonight, heading into that Twins two-game set. And I think you're kind of turning some of the fans back to thinking, all right, we've got a chance here. Tim, I'm interested to hear from your opinion on this team. So I know... Me and Tim Allen generally fall on the most positive with this team. Mm -hmm. And then Bart probably falls on the other end, Sparky (laughs) to the other end. I think Sam's closer to us, but he's more so in the middle. Where do you stand? I've been kind of like a roller coaster. (laughs) So I've been, oh my gosh, sell everybody to, oh my gosh, we're going to the World Series. But honestly, like honest opinion, I'm I'm more of, I think I, I think I, I guess put me in the middle. Okay. Like, it, it's this weekend was really good to see like the potential of this offense. Like this is how I thought the offense would play day in and day out. So, uh, yeah, I'm. Uh, it's tough. Man. It is. It, it is. It goes back and forth because, because you. I want to say that, and then part of me is like, "Well, it's the Rockies. It's you know, it's well." It's like and that he, here's he, here's where I want to stop you real quick, right there. This is what Brewers fans do. I, I think every fan base does this to an extent, but this is what Brewers fans do. They go, oh, it's the Pirates, it's the Cubs, it's the Rockies. But what what would happen if they lost three out of four? You'd be like, oh, it's, my gosh, yeah. you lost to the Rockies? <laughs> so don't put yourself in that situation, please. Don't do that. Like, as much as you want to say it's the Rockies, it's a solid baseball team. They don't have the record, but... They've still got some good players. Chris Bryant's over there. Charlie some, Blackman. Some of their their averages. You know, I the first thing I look at is when they show the lineups on TV. Yeah. I look at the averages, and they're in the high two hundreds, low three hundreds. I'm like, how is this team? I believe they 10 got the games highest below five hundred batting average in of baseball? any team in baseball. Yeah, I mean, CJ Crone's playing well this year. They've got a lot of good players. So don't let yourself fall into the trap that oh, the Rockies aren't a you know a good baseball team. They're solid. And they also play in a really tough division with the Dodgers and you've got the Giants over there. Those teams are good. So, I mean, you you can take away from saying they're playing the Rockies, but, I mean, overall, I think that they played some solid baseball this weekend, and you've got to be pretty happy with that. Their team batting average is 262. They're Ooh. second, right behind the Toronto Blue Jays. What's the Brewers? Two, what do you think? Uh, if you had to guess and where they stand. Team batting average, I'm guessing probably in the 20s, and I would bet like 238. Wow. You did your homework. No, I didn't. It's 238. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I knew it was pretty close to being around 240, but yeah, I mean, it's really disappointing watching the Brewers' offense most nights, but not this weekend. You're right. This is kind of what you expect out of the Brewers' offense. Right? This is what you thought. 
It could be. And here's the reason, again, Tim, I'll, I'll go ahead and preach my Brewers ideology again. This is why I think they can still have a chance to make a run in the postseason. You had a couple guys get hot. You had Colton Wong play well. You you had him play more to his potential. Do I expect him to have three hits in a game all the time? No. Do I expect him to play more like he did this weekend, though? Yeah. You have Hunter Renfro get hot for a series. You, you don't think that could happen in the playoffs? You have Willie Adamas continue to do what Willie Adamas has done all year. And I wouldn't say Willie Adamas got hot in this series, but he's got a homer in this series. If you could just have a couple guys get it going. McCutcheon continues to do what he's done since the after the first two months of the season. So if you can just have a couple of guys do what they did, where someone's going to need to get hot, someone's going to need to play well above what their general potential and general average is going to be. And I think you saw that out of Hunter Renfro. And then if you have the rest of the guys or maybe one or two more step up, but the rest of the guys kind of play to their potential, maybe even just slightly below their potential, but they play well, then they can still do enough. You know, over the weekend, you put up 10 runs on Sunday. You put up nine runs Saturday. You put up six runs. So you put up 25 runs in three games. We hadn't seen that out of the Brewers in a while. They've still got it in them. They do. And maybe Tim was on to something with how frustrating the Brewers are going into breaks because they have not, basically under Craig Council, they have not done well going into all-star breaks. I don't know if it's the wrong mentality going into these things or whatever it is, but they've struggled going into the all-star break. And they did again this year, but they come out of the all-star break here and they're ready to go. I don't know if it's something where they're just limping to the finish, if they're looking ahead too much, whatever it is. But they come out energized here, and they get three straight wins coming out of the All-Star break. And you got to think that this has got to give you as a Brewers fan a little more confidence because this is the baseball team that you expected to see when the season started. This is the baseball team you expected to see most of the year. And this is the baseball team you saw through the first 50 games. You didn't see that awful baseball team that was playing over the last month, month and a half. This is more what you expect. So I think a lot of Brewers fans are probably going to be a little more positive today, and rightfully so. All right, we're going to take a quick break here. It is the Bart Winkler Show. I am Toby Altizer in for Bart Winkler today alongside Tim Shea here on 1250 AM, The Fan. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. 
Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. 12.50 a.m. The Fan. It is the Bart Winkler Show. No Bart Winkler today. I'm Toby Altizer. That is Tim Shea. We are live from the Lakeland University studios. Earn co-op credit for work experience. Learn your way at lakeland.edu. 414-799-1250 if you want to hop in. Now do that thing that you did over on Friday in the afternoon show with um, with Sam, with uh, Colton Wong and Renfro, you know, telling these, you know, who needs to step up and maybe they were listening. Now do it with Christian Yelich. <laughs> Can you do it? Can Come on. We're all counting on you now. You are, right. the, you are the Brewers, like, motivational speaker. I, I can do that. I can do that. But first, let's get in here. Doug is in Racine. Doug, what's going on, man? Hey, how good are the Rockies? Okay, I, I heard that you might bring this up, and I, I want to say this real quick, Doug. So don't do this to yourself. Please don't do this to yourself. Brewers fans did this early in the season with the Pirates and the Cubs and the Reds, and they're winning all these baseball games through the first 50, and they say, yeah, but, I mean, it's the Pirates, the Reds, and the Cubs. And then they start losing to these baseball teams, and you start overreacting. So don't do this to yourself with the Rockies. If they win a baseball game, it's a good thing. Maybe don't overreact and think, oh, they're going to the World Series now, but still be excited that they beat a good baseball team in the Rockies. Okay. I, cause I, I just want sometimes as fans. Relievers crap the bed again. Yeah, to an extent. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely things to be concerned about. But sometimes, as fans, we put ourselves, or at least we put the team in this lose-lose situation where they have no chance to please us. You know. I do find all the runs enjoying, enjoyable. Exactly. It'd be different if they were winning these ball games like two-one, and it was the oh, same you know, old I, stuff. I, I, I hate zero-one. Zero two. I'm good with ten nine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I think if it were disappointing ways that they won, where it's like, well, they won, but should they have won? But no, I mean, the offense looked good, and you you got to think that the pitching is going to be generally better than what it showed this weekend. I mean, you're going to expect more out of Burns. You're going to expect more out of Woody. You definitely are going to expect more out of Lauer. And like you said, the middle relievers struggled a little bit. Hey, one thing before I go, loyal listeners. Uh... Traffic jam by the airport northbound on I-94 backed up all the way past Rawson. So if you're headed northbound to the airport, I would avoid 94. It's going to be backed up. By now, it's already probably backed up four miles or five miles. There's like three-car accidents. All right, Doug. Appreciate it, man. Have a good one. Traffic report from Doug and Racine brought to you by... Do we have a sponsor for that? Ah, <laughs> uh, no. Me? <laughs> yeah. Me? Brought to you Brought by, to by Tim Shea. <laughs> Brought to you by Tim Shea. 414-799-1250. Let's get out to John and Franklin. John, I haven't been on in the morning in a while, so it's been a while, man. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing good, brother. I missed you. Uh, catch you a little bit in the afternoon on the drive, drive home. I uh, hadn't really had a chance to call in, but... Uh, 
Always love your work, Tobes. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. And I like I like the ad traffic updates. I mean, about what six seven weeks ago, I almost had a, a freeway shooting live. I was like a live <laughs> correspondent. But uh, I, I know, do I remember know. that. Yeah, the guy gets out of his vehicle with his hand behind it. You know, what what's that? But hey, how about those Brewers? You yeah, know, it feels good out of the break to win three, doesn't it? Right, and you know you don't want to like, oh my God, you know now we're in, now we've got it. I mean, you know it's it's three games, but it's what we it's what we asked for. Let's let's come out of let's come out of the All Star break, reshuffle the deck, and try this again, and and see if we can get you know get what we're seeing here. We're we're seeing a team with some fight in it, hanging tough, Renfro with just the monster home runs. Um, one thing though, I think I'm starting to find out is you know. It's it's hard to say that home runs aren't exciting, but it, it it you know I I think it's more taxing on the opposition and it's more fun for the fans when you're putting base hits together and scoring runs. One hundred percent. Yeah, because you hit the home run, the pitcher's mad. He shakes it off and he moves on. But when when you know when you got runners on base taunting the pitcher, mm-hmm. taking his attention away, there's just more excitement and. uh Good for the Brewers to see if they can clean this thing up. Uh, you know, you knew we were going to have to score some runs against the Rockies, and and, and frankly, they did it. And uh, hey, let's let's see what happens today. Exciting, John. Appreciate it, man. See ya. Four one four seven nine nine twelve fifty. If you want to hop in. So uh, when I started working with Bart, Tim, he kind of grilled me. He asked me different opinions I had in sports. Uh huh. Tim, since we're working together today, is a home run a rally killer? Yes. Oh, you think so? Yes. I do too. Yes. I kind of agree with John and Franklin because he's right. You know, you keep putting base hit after base hit after base hit together, Uh and the pitcher has to deal with a guy on second. He has to deal with guys on. He's pitching out of the stretch, and he's kind of worried about it. Whereas, yeah, you might hit a home run, and that puts three runs on the board immediately or whatever, you know, however many guys are on base. But I think it kind of kills a rally. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, the pitcher like you said is is you know you you get runners on the base you get runners on third and you, you get runners on the corner you know you you have that pitcher is looking at the runner at third you could be running towards home a little bit messing around with him i i agree yeah i agree now with two outs give me the homer every time because yeah. i don't want to keep worrying about base hit after base hit but yeah. no outs and you hit a home run i don't know it kind of seems like a rally killer it's a it's a weird thing in baseball that it does that because you would think that the home run is always beneficial and some, you know, most people are going to still say that, but I don't know. It just seems like a little bit of a rally killer. I'm kind of with John on that. 414-799-1250 if you want to hop in here. All right. You called for it, Tim. Christian Yelich. Yes. Christian Yelich, you've got to step it up, dude. Look, I pre- appreciate that since you've moved up to the leadoff spot that you've been a solid hitter, but stop hitting the ball hard every time and straight into the ground. It's just not cutting it. You can hit the ball as hard as you want. I mean, you're hitting balls as hard as Giancarlo Stanton at times. Why are they not going over the fence? If you're hitting a ball 118 miles an hour off the bat, why is that not going eight rows deep in right field? Why is that still in play? And why is every single one going to the second baseman or the shortstop? Because that's absurd. And why is it that whenever you come up in a big situation, I have zero confidence that you're going to come up with a base hit? Why is it that of 
all the people on this team, when you come up in a big situation, I have the least amount of confidence. Because guess what? You're earning $26 million this year. That's what you're getting paid. And you're getting paid to ground out every time? Come on! So, Tim brought this up off air to me. Wasn't quite ready to go on air with it. Oh, so you're gonna put it on am. air? Yeah, I'm I'm All I'm right. I'm gonna take it. And he might talk about this tonight or we'll say no. this is Tim Shea's opinion. Depending on uh what happens to Colton Long for these next couple games, but if he continues this hot streak, do you move Long back into the leadoff role? Oh well, there's no way that Craig's gonna move him because it took Craig two months too long to move Christian Yelich out of the three hole. <laughs> and do you please, move Wong oh, no. up more into the, yes, the four, yeah. the three, the four? I know Craig would never do it, but I would totally be fine if it were one, two. Yelich, one, Wong, two. Set the table for your dudes. You can move Adamus down one, so he's hitting three and Rowdy, four, whatever you're going to do there. I still think Renfro needs to be moved up as well, and I've been asking for that. But, I mean, I don't know. I think you got to leave Yelich there because what are you going to do? You gonna move him back to the three hole? I'd move him to seven, eight, or nine. I, we know that's not happening. I know. I wish I would move him right now down to six, seven, eight, nine. No questions asked. The problem is, you put him in the seven, eight, nine hole. You still you expect run production, and he's not giving you any of that. At least when he gets on base, and you saw it over the weekend, he's electric when he gets on the base. When when he gets on the base pass, because he's so fast, he can create. He is still one of the best base runners in all of baseball. But at the same time, come on, dude. You got to give me more than just singles and doubles every now and then. You got to be hitting the ball over the fence. For $26 million, you got to be hitting the ball over the fence. You got to be driving runs. You got to be doing everything. And pretty much right now, he's only a run scorer, which to his credit is more than he was giving you in the three hole. But yeah, I mean, he's going to have to step it up and don't even get me started on his defense in left field. Oh, it's awful. It's terrible. His arm, I knew his arm was bad, but just just watching this year especially. How many defenders are worse on the Brewers than Christian Yelich in left field? Uh, I don't. He might I would be. take Luis Arias at third base over Christian Yelich in left. Keston Hira? Keston's the only one, dude. And l- let me tell you, Keston should Keston shouldn't even show up with a baseball glove to the ballpark. Because if Craig throws him out there, you better be. He's like a position player pitching. You're either up big or you're down big when Keston Hira comes in to play defense. There's no reason that Keston should ever play the field again. He's so bad in the field, it's ridiculous. Tim, I'm pretty sure me and you. Have a better, a better arm job. than Keston Hira. Keston Hira hit another home run yesterday. That's not surprising at all. Dude terrorizes triple <laughs> A pitching. Why is he not up here again? I Because uh, Jonathan Davis is up here. Because Connor Sadzak has to come up and give up three runs in the ninth inning of a 9-1 ball game so that we have to throw in another pitcher? Like, What's going on here? Why is Keston down in triple A? Why is Keston in triple A while the Brewers carry three catchers? Why is Keston in AAA while Jace Peterson is on the IL? I mean, come on. Keston was doing well, too. Do you think that Keston here needs to be traded because 
I he'd don't be, know. He'd, be, he'd do I, better I, I somewhere mean, else? Maybe. Don't you think that if you got some consistent playing time, you might actually see something out of Keston Hira? You, one would think, right? Because Keston, here's the thing. We, we talked about this you know, a couple weeks ago when he got sent down. Or last week, whatever time. I can't remember. I can't keep any of this straight. But they, you, you kill the confidence of a guy when you say, well, we'll send you down when you're struggling. Well, okay, but Keston wasn't struggling. Keston was one of your best hitters over the last two, three weeks before he got sent down. Why was he sent down again? I just, those kind of things make no sense to me. They really just don't. I, I don't understand sometimes what David Stearns and Craig Council are doing. And I know that it's not necessarily just one or the other. It's kind of working hand in hand with each other, but it just still seems odd to me. A couple of other notes that we got to get into from over the weekend with the Brewers. Jackson Churio, he gets moved up to high A. He goes to the T-Rats after batting 325 with 12 homers and 47 RBIs in 61 games at A-Ball in Carolina. You got to be pretty excited about Jackson Churio. I mean, that dude has shot up all of the prospect rankings. You know, for a while it was Weimer and Freelick and those guys that were in your Top 100. Now, Churio's past all of them. He's up into the top, I think, 30 in Baseball America. He's inside the top 35, 36 on MLB.com and their prospect rankings. And just how quickly he has emerged, moves up to high eight now. Hopefully, he can continue to go through because he's only 18. So, he's probably not going to see the bigs for another year or two. But, man, it'd be exciting to have someone like him coming in and as soon as you can, get this guy to the bigs. Let this guy make a difference at the big league level as opposed to continuing to tear up in the minors. And hopefully a lot of these guys can do well. I'm really hoping that you have Freelick and Weimer and they actually play well. I'm hoping that they can come up to the majors and they can actually make a difference. Because otherwise, if you're going to hold on to these guys and they don't make a difference at the big league level... This is your window to try and win something right now. I'd move one of those guys in a heartbeat. So you're telling all our Appleton people, go up there, watch him play? Yeah, go he watch. He may not be up there long. I don't know. He might stay there for the rest, for the of, the rest year. of this year. But, I mean, if he continues to play like this, you got to think that next year he starts at double A or maybe starts with the T-Rats. Triple A? T-Rats and moves up. I mean, he's gonna he's got to keep moving up, right? If you're batting three, what was it, 325? Mm-hmm. An A ball, and you're going to move up to high A. You got to think that he's still going to bat incredibly well. I don't think you're going to move him to double A, triple A too quick. You know, you don't want to mess with these prospects. You kind of move them on their timeline. You don't let the major league stuff kind of, at least with your top prospects, you don't let the major league issues and all that dictate exactly what you're going to do there. But how well he's playing has got to give you a lot of faith. And that's why if the Brewers really wanted to go after a big bat, which I don't know that there's any necessarily available at the deadline, and I definitely wouldn't be giving up Cheerio for a rental, but if you really wanted to go get a big bat, not Juan Soto, because I don't... I mean, I I talked (laughs) about this last week, and I think that, you know, if the Brewers wanted to, they could put together an offer that could probably get him. But if you're going to go get someone, you could include him. I mean, he's probably been the best minor league player at that level all season long in, in all of Major League Baseball, not just the Brewers system, in all of Major League Baseball. 
So that's been encouraging for him. So he moves up. Go check him out in Appleton. That's going to be fun to watch him. Okay, I'm not comparing him to Juan Soto, and this is not like I don't want to kind of I don't want to get away from this. But how how old is Juan Soto? Right, twenty three. How old was he when he came up? Do you remember? Nineteen. Uh, how long was he in the minors for? I'm not exactly sure. It, okay. And the odd thing with Did Juan he... Soto is he wasn't the top prospect for the Nationals. Really. He'd always had this amazing hit tool, but mm-hmm. they called him up, and DC media were like, oh, it's a freak-out move, because he got called up kind of as a reaction to an injury. And it's like, oh, it's a freak-out move. Why would you do this? Why didn't you just sign someone, blah, blah, blah. And next thing you know, he just never left the lineup again. Okay. So I don't know. Maybe you could have something like that. And that's probably the frustrating part for Brewers fans. When was the last time that happened for the Brewers? Some dude gets called up, and he just yeah. forces his way. Outside of these pitchers that you develop, when was the last time you saw a Brewers prospect, especially a hitter, come all the way through the system, and you're like, yeah, that's our dude. I, I mean, I couldn't tell you. Fielder, Braun? I, I mean, but, <laughs> but though, they came with the expectations, yeah. you know? I, I can't even tell you. Like, something like Soto. Yeah, I mean, much less that. But even the guys yeah, with field, expectations. Yeah, Fielder, Braun. Fielder, Braun, Weeks, all those guys. I mean, we haven't seen Garrett Mitchell yet. Guys that you have high expectations for, you haven't seen. For the Brewers. So hopefully some of these guys that they're bringing in now can live up to those expectations, but who knows? One other thing I do want to talk about here. I want to get into some MLB position player tiers. We'll do that in the next hour. Athletic put out something with that. I want to talk to you guys about that and see if you think the Brewers can actually win a World Series if they only have dudes in the tiers that they're ranked. But before that, as we wrap up this hour here, first hour here on the Bart Winkler Show, Aaron Ashby gets an extension. That's a good deal for the Brewers. Aaron Ashby gets an extension, five years, $20.5 million. And I think that's a smart move by the Brewers. You give this guy some money. I think we've all seen the potential that Aaron Ashby has, and he could be someone that takes the spot of one of these guys, hopefully, if he can live up to his potential, if Woody or Burns decides to leave in free agency. I think he can be a big part of this Brewers team going forward. I think he's kind of one of these, I wouldn't say cornerstone pieces right now because he hasn't necessarily shown it at the major league level to say cornerstone piece yet, but he's definitely going to be vital for the Brewers' success going forward because he's going to fill in on this rotation, and he's got top-of-the-rotation type stuff. You've seen him, and you've seen his stuff. You've got to believe that this guy could absolutely be incredible at the major league level. And you get him for $4 million a year, which that'll take you all the way through his arbitration season. So it's a good deal for both sides because you get some money up front if you're Ashby and you know what you to expect. You're going to get $20 million no matter what in your bank accounts. And chances are, unless you lived up to the expectations of guys like Burns and Woody who are only making just, under, or just over 6 just under $7 million a year, then you're probably not making exorbitant amounts of money anyways. So getting $4 million gives you something solid if you're Ashby. But then also, if you're the Brewers, with team options at the last two years, which would be 28 and 29, those would be his two first two years as a free agent. And so you get player options, sorry, club options for those seasons, and you could end up keeping him around instead of letting him hit free agency. I think with Ashby being signed to that deal, the Brewers did well in this deal. They really did because now you for sure have Ashby, and if he turns into what a lot of Brewers fans think he can turn into, I know Tim's talked about him before, 
that if you were having to put money on someone out of this Brewers system to really turn into something special, Ashby would be the guy. Well, Aaron Ashby, you're going to have him around for the next five years for sure. And then if he were to hit free agency after that and he were to have the stellar years you'd expect, well, then you'd have no chance to keep him as well. But instead, now since you have club options in those last two years, in 28 and 29, I mean, you could end up having Aaron Ashby around here for next seven years and never having to pay him uh, too, too crazy of a amount. Because I believe in 29, if you were to get the player option the second year, then he would end up making around like $15 million, which, look, that's a lot for a Brewers pitcher, but that's not anything compared to what he'd get on the open market if he turns into what his potential says. I'm excited to see what he can turn into. What do you think about Aaron Ashby? Do you think he's going to turn into something? I don't know that you can say Corbin Burns worthy, but someone that's going to be solid front end of the rotation type guy? Yeah, someone that's reliable, that can go out there every day, give you, you know, six, seven innings, play well, pitch well, you know, not give up runs. That's what you hope for, right? I mean, that's what you want. Yeah. Can you compare him Compare him to Corbin Burns? Not yet, but... The thing that's tough is Corbin Burns was expected to be what... Yeah. Or, I don't know that this good, but he was supposed to be a frontline starter. Tim Tim thinks Tim thinks he's going to be a superstar. And maybe he is. I just don't know I, that you can I don't put see him on that level yet. Yeah, I don't see it yet. So. I think he's going to be really good. And hopefully he can develop into that guy soon, because the sooner he does it, the more of a bargain you just got on this deal. And he was th- absolutely thrilled that they got this deal done. And what they got, the money for this deal. Absolutely thrilled. He goes, you got a steal. So, I I, I mean, I'm not going that far yet, but. I think it could very easily turn into a steal. Very easily. And he's already at the big league level. He's already making a difference for this team. Hopefully he can improve on what he's done this season. But you've seen all the skills. It's now about putting it all together and turning into that dominant pitcher that we all expect him to turn into. And if he does, and he does it soon, it is going to be a big steal. It really is, because you're only paying the guy five, four, five million a year, and I think you're going to be absolutely thrilled with that deal, especially by the end of it. You're going to be thrilled you got that deal done when you did. 414-799-1250 if you want to hop in on the conversation. We'll continue talking about the Brewers. The Athletic put out a position player's tears. You know, kind of like they did with NBA, and we talked with Seth Part now about that. Well, they put out position player rankings and tiers. Where do the Brewers have their guys, and where do they rank? We'll talk about that next here on the Bart Winkler Show. I'm Toby Altizer. That is Tim Shea here on 1250 AM, The Fan. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.